Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Ah. <laughs> so this week... We were praying for Danny and Wendy. So who would like to go first? <laughs> okay. This is all new to me, but I think it's a neat thing. Hey, you're you're picking it right up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Danny, um, John fifteen thirteen, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down li- his life for his friends. And since day one, you've always given me, um, you've always, not just given me, but you've always made me feel welcome. So you have a heart of gold, and you're a great mom and a great mentor for future people in this world. So mm-hmm. God be with you. Good word and a good verse, too, for, for today. <laughs> hmm. Danny, my word is more for your family, I think. But um, our family is learning more about family from you. I know you love your family and you value them. You're the first to come to Jesus of all of them. I know they weigh on your heart. So the word is just live. Just continue as you are. Because they're watching and they're being drawn in. And Jeremiah 32, 38 to 41 will come to pass. And that says, you can see it. 38 to 41. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them, and I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing them good, and I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and all my soul. That's God's commitment to them. But, um, Danny, the Lord has given you more faithfulness 
and wisdom. It's going to increase that greatly in you. And I got Psalms 51.6. Yet you desired faithfulness, even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. So God's going to do some amazing things with you that he hasn't been doing already. John 15:9 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And I remain in my love. And I have this for you. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Partially the same word for, for both of you. Um, we both seen the uh, destructiveness. That may not be the best word. Um, the danger, maybe, of people who say they're Christians, but they just, they live however they want. They, they just, it's as if it isn't real. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> that has generated in both of you, uh, because you, you've known that there is real. That's something that the Lord placed uh, in in your hearts uh, was was that knowing that that He is real and that that desire to find what's real uh, in Him and He's He's also given both of you discernment that that is strong and that's a gift and, and the Lord wants you to pay attention to it because uh, it's Him uh, sometimes warning sometimes letting you see what's real in, in the midst of a lot that isn't um, <clears throat> and, and so learn to trust I have more, but that's all I can remember right now. <laughs> so, hmm? <laughs> well, this is for you. I don't know you, but I, I'm certain the Lord is speaking to you through this. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and it kind of follows on 
to what Jay said, and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding, especially where people are concerned. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. tremendous destiny for you. You and your generation will soon be leading the body of Christ. So I think it's important for you to wait on him, let him show you his plan, but know that my generation and any previous generation to you wants you to stand on our shoulders, not to be limited by what we've done, but to go with the new things that God shows you. Luke, I think this is also for you, but um, we want to be your support team. There may be a time during which we need to continue doing what we're doing and let you learn from us but increasingly there's going to be a transition and you're going to be stepping in to new roles, new levels of responsibility and authority. I don't fully understand what it is that God has for you, but there's something out there for you that's far beyond anything you've imagined up to this point. I know at times the Lord has shown me that at times you feel unappreciated and the Lord wants you to know that he appreciates everything that you do and he sees everything and he says well done good and faithful servant you're well loved
This must really be coming from the Lord because I have the same scripture that she just gave to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. To all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. And that's yours. <laughs> you're, you're good. Um, I feel like God has been saying that you're going to teach people <laughs> that uh, you're going to teach people a lot about community. You have a lot better definition and understanding of that than I do. And they've been teaching me that, but you're going to teach everybody that as well for community and what that means. Huh? What I'm looking at? <laughs> so I think God's going to, God has that gifting in you to show what uh, real community means. And so you'll teach other people that. And Wendy, I think um, God's been laying on my heart that maybe you felt unsure about some things or have had questions about some things but um, to lean on him because he's the solid foundation on which you stand <laughs> Wendy every, everything you're saying is what kind of what I got for you it was, uh, you are complete in Him. Okay? And it's in Hebrews 13, 20. Now may the God of peace, who makes you complete in every good work, to do His will, using you, working in you, what is well and pleasing in His sight. He's doing that for you. And through Jesus, to whom all be the glory forever and ever. But I just had a completeness in Christ. I was getting that over and over complete. And that's what I had was Hebrews 13, 20. And uh, every good work, every good work through you. And for Danny, um, you have, since I've known you, been helping others, been reaching out, and just showing God's love and grace to not just me, but many others. And... Um, in Hebrews 10.24, it says, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, exhorting one another, doing it even more as we see the day approaching. And you will continue to do more. And, uh, for he who promised it is faithful. So, thank you. This is a pretty weighty thing. But one of the neatest things it teaches is a legacy to me. And the fact that you're a Christian and your family isn't means that uh, somewhere even 10 places back up the line somebody was and you are part of the legacy of their prayers because he blesses to the 10th generation. Okay, so you're carrying the prayers of those people forward in your children, in your marriage. But legacy is a big deal to him. And you need to plug into it and see what he means by it. I've seen some wild things um, that he's shown me because of it and what he does with it. And when you hold it up 
You know what you're doing. It's not an accident. You know, you two together is, is such not an accident. You know, it has such great purpose that you need to really get into that and understand that it's not just a you know little larky thing that you're doing. It's a it's a huge, huge on God's scale it's a big deal. So you know? I'm saying <laughs> Was I looking at you? <laughs> <laughs> the same thing goes for you too. Even where you are right now, what you're building now. You still have responsibility to people underneath you and people uh, uh, that came before you. And you have a lot to mend that in Jesus you can. And the Lord gave me a scripture for you which says, Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man brings a snare. But whoever puts his trust in the Lord shall be saved. And um, there's a lot that you have been beat up for and beat up because of. And you've been guarding yourself. And now you have Charlie that is a fierce guarder. <laughs> but yeah. even bigger than Charlie, you have Jesus. And he is a way, way bigger, fiercer guarder than Charlie. Although Charlie's formidable. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, as you go forward, uh, you need to lay down things that you've guarded and let Jesus be your guard and, and not walk in fear anymore because that is a snare. You know, fear of man is a snare. And it's a heinous, heinous snare. It ensnares people when they're not looking. So. so, Wendy, I don't know you at all. Have you met me before? Okay. <laughs> well, I haven't been here very much, but I just wanted to speak over you and you, Danny, and your generations forward and backward, the blood of Jesus. <clears throat> and I plead the blood of Jesus over your sin, the sins of your generations, forward and backward. Um, I thank you, Father, um, that we can hide under the shadow of your wings and that you will lo love us and draw us to you and we can trust in you. We can trust under the shadow of your wings. We thank you. I thank you for that. Wendy, I don't know you, but I can feel. And you have spent many, many hours learning how to guard your heart. And we want you to know that you're family and that you don't have to guard your heart with us. You can release the fear that you've had because there's no fear in God's kingdom. Reach out because we're family. And this is a huge family. This isn't just us. You're not here by some accident. You're here because the Lord put you here. And because he put you here, you are on his path to your destiny. And as you travel, he is gonna blow you away. 
he's going to answer things that your parents or your grandparents pray about. And be rest assured that in those moments when you're by yourself and that feeling of anxiety comes around, all you have to do is close your eyes and reach out. Because he's right there. He's been there the whole time. He knows what happened. He knows how strong you are. And he will give you the tools to do what he wants you to do. And Dan. <laughs> you are like my own daughter. And I have watched you for years. And I have respected you in so many ways. Because I too came from a background like you did. Not initially, but later on. And you are the circle breaker. And in that is a legacy that will plead the blood of Jesus over your family and over your children and your grandchildren. And you are so very teachable. And you are a good teacher. And there are young women that really need that right now. We have a nation of lost children. And you are in a position to change that. We know that the military many times are kids from dysfunctional homes because they have nowhere else to go. And you bit the bullet. Not only did you fight the enemy, you became a nurse. And that also is a God-breathed path for you. Uh, I am so proud of you for just stepping in and stepping in. And um, we're supposed to see fruits of the Spirit. And that fruit is in your children. Just like with Luke and his mom and dad. This is not coincidence. It's God-breathed. And I just uh, want to pray over your little family and our little girl. And the uh, Lord has so many things for you. It's, um, it's overwhelming because you have so many avenues that you can go into. And so I pray over your discernment in which avenue you take and win. And go to him in that. Because we're not supposed to be worn out in God's kingdom. If we're worn out, something's going on. And you take care of yourself and you take care of your family. And it is... Uh, a wonderful opportunity to be in a relationship with you guys. And so I, I pray over you that in those few minutes that you have to yourself, that you are refreshed and rejuvenated. And I love you.
Wendy. Psalm 84 is all about dwelling in the court of the Lord. And God highlighted verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. seems to be a theme, Wendy, about being in the presence of God. Um, I also have a verse 11, but it's Psalm 16, mm -hmm. verse 11. Let me read the verse first, and then I'll have a few comments. It says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There are decisions that you need to be making in the near future and beyond. Actually, for the rest of your life. Um, some of those can bring life. So that's why God says, you will show me the path of life. But if we make the wrong decisions, they can bring, bring death. That's why the Lord tells us to choose life rather than death. It's kind of funny, he's... He, I set before you life and death. Therefore, choose life. You know, it's like, I'm giving you the answer. The answer is life. I've got good things for you. But I got the word joy from this verse. In your presence is fullness of joy. And I'm not sure that your life would be characterized by joy up at this point. But I believe that's God's intention for you from now on. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There's pleasure to the spiritual nature in the presence of God at your right hand. And the Lord wants you to experience His pleasure in you because He delights in you. He really wants you to be in His presence, just to come to Him as a little child, to let Him minister His life, His joy, His peace to you. It's on. Just, just be careful. Make, make sure you don't get it away from your face because you're right. That's right. Keep your head in between it and the speaker. I think what the Lord has shown me, both Danny and Wendy, is that you both have beautiful souls that He's still cultivating. I've seen you grow quite a bit, Danny. for everything that you've developed. Okay. And Luke, you're right. When he has doubts and concerns, but I think I agree. Okay. 
and Wendy. Be careful. <laughs> I want everyone in this room to know how much I love you. Okay? Since you came into my life, the Lord has shown me so much. Okay? That I've just been repressing or suppressing and pushing to the side. I've watched you the last few months just go out of your way to please other people. And the Lord is telling me that this is a beautiful thing. Okay. <laughs> well, I just want to read some of the Bible here that I opened it to. Quietly waiting on God, spending time alone with Him in prayer, worship, or Bible reading encourages us, does more to restore our bodies, minds, and emotions than anything else we can do. We need to do this regularly. And this is for all four of you. I mean, the whole thing was, but... Uh, I urge you to insist on quiet time with God. Do not let anyone take these consecrated moments from you. In those times, God empowers you to face anything you need to do with renewed physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual strength. And I know that you, all four, you are depending on the Lord. And that's what he wants. And I just love you all. You're so precious to me. And I'm so happy to have you two in my family. <laughs> and you two are like family. Because... You love the Lord, too. And look at this precious little boy there. Soon to be a precious little great-granddaughter. <laughs> so I love all four of you, and I just pray God's blessing on each one of you. And... Um, it's more... If there is something we are supposed to be doing, the Lord will give us the ability to do it. He will not lead us into a situation and then leave us there to face it alone in our own weak human power. No, because as Isaiah 41.10 reminds us, 
He is with us. He is our great God. He will harden us to difficulties, help us, and uphold others with his hand of victory. I really feel Brian needs to read this to the four of you. Mm. The ironic blessing. Because he really believes in it okay. strongly. Yeah. Numbers 6, 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And um, for Wendy, uh, the Lord placed you at the job you at now for a reason. And he'll show you that reason because he wants to, you know, help. You need to help others. And you need to be encouraged also. He sees, your, um, he sees what you're doing over there. And he'll use you in a mighty way. And for <laughs> okay, for Danny, um, the Lord uh, will bring people to you because there's a glow about you, and they want to know what causes that. Mm -hmm. And they'll come to you, and they'll come to you, and you'll uh, he'll give you words of encouragement to speak to them. A lot of people where you work is kind of discouraged. But they need encouragement from you. Mm -hmm. But they'll seek you out. And you don't have to worry about it. So uh, I bless the prophetic gift in both of you. And uh, I encourage you to uh, let that grow. So grows by using it. <laughs> and, and Danny, there, there is, uh, you're, you're a great mother, but there's a mantle and anointing to be a spiritual mother on you. And that applies to both of you. <laughs> and uh, Wendy, uh, when I was young, and uh, the Lord called me uh, into the ministry. Uh, <coughs> I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to do that because I had seen a lot of things in church that that were not as they were supposed to be, and, and you've seen quite a bit of that. Uh, 
and it blesses the Lord that you continue to seek Him. And, and that's real in spite of that. So He, he will show you what's, what's real and what is not as it is to be. So, um, let's see, can you put that back in there? <clears throat> for, uh, for some time, uh, and, and I, I, um, I have a prophetic gift as well, and, and I have uh, a calling to be a reformer. And uh, that's not always a comfortable thing to be called into. Um, <clears throat> and I've I've had a sense for a long time that um, there was uh, there was a very biblical explanation for the barrenness. Of, of the church. The, the reason that hardly anybody comes into the kingdom. And my, part, of, part of my understanding of that is that, that we had gotten the gospel wrong. That, that our generation's gospel was not the full gospel. It was not the apostolic gospel. And that if if we got back to the whole gospel, the, the apostolic gospel, that the Lord would begin to restore some things. And, you know, I, I've been speaking about this for, for the last three years to you without a lot of specific understanding. Uh, just knowing that the Lord was taking us somewhere different than what we had known. And, and I've been sharing for a few weeks what, what I understand the full gospel to, to be. Uh, that there's really three parts to it. And you guys need to hear this because you haven't heard it yet. Uh, <clears throat> that the gospel that most of us came into the kingdom with was, was a very limited part of the gospel. That, that our sin was separating us from God. That Jesus paid the penalty for that sin. And that by believing in him, trusting in him as God, we, we could be forgiven. Uh, re receive his payment for, for our sins and receive eternal life. And, and that, that definitely is the gospel, but it is only part of the gospel. So not only did God forgive our sin, past, present, and future, by the work of Jesus on the cross, he, he also provided for uh, the dealing with our, our innate desire to continue sinning. Uh, that Adam nature that is within us. 
and and that he he dealt with that by killing our Adam nature on the cross with Jesus. But that again, that's that's a separate element of our salvation that we have to enter into by faith, uh, trusting that 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 our sin nature actually is is dead. But then there and and that's. That's part of the gospel, but but there's there's still more of, of the gospel, and and that more is is the f- fact that the Lord, in in His provision for us spiritually, uh, He He desires for the actual life of Jesus to come forth in us, and that takes a process. And, and we we have to enter into that process with the Lord, whereby we crucify our flesh, our self life. Uh, we we deny it, <laughs> and and that happens step by step, part by part. And and we we. In history, we've seen some people who actually went through the whole process, like Reese Howells. Who, you know, we we can read in, in that book, Reese Howells' Intercessor, about that whole process that the Lord took him through and, until finally uh, he, he had surrendered all of himself. And then the fullness of the Holy Spirit came in. The, the life of Jesus actually came in. Uh, and Andrew Murray, in, in this book that I've been talking about, uh, The Spiritual Life, this this is one of the best books uh, that I've ever seen. And in fact, it probably is the best book that I've ever seen at that process and how the, the Lord doesn't give us the fullness of the Holy Spirit until... He has dealt with all of, of self. <laughs> and once self is, is completely surrendered, and, and the Lord knows when that is, <laughs> then we can step into the fullness of the Holy Spirit and the life of Jesus comes through, comes forth in us uh, in, in a, a way that is, I mean, we, we can't even really fathom it right now. So, so this this is what I've been saying for for quite some time, and and so uh, the Lord had directed me to uh, Neville Johnson's uh, the latest issue of of his uh, magazine that he puts out, and uh, in in that magazine, uh, Joe uh, yeah, Joe Sweet had an article that just uh, it it confirmed everything to me <laughs> that see it's it's hard sometimes when uh, uh, when you're a leader and and you just you know something but the Lord hasn't specifically spoken it to you and and you just you know, sometimes you wonder, Lord, am I, am I on the right track? Are, are we on the right track? You know, am I, am I just, is this just something that I think? 
Is, is this for real? What, what are you saying? So, so anyway, I, I, I read this, and uh, this, this Joe Sweet is, is a pastor out in Lancaster, California, and he's connected with Terry Bennett and Neville Johnson and uh, those guys that uh, I think are really speaking the truth. So he was, he was in this period uh, where he was really seeking the Lord for a revelation of hell. Uh, because he, he, he wanted to have the burden of the Lord for the lost. Uh, and he figured if, if he could see hell, that, that he would have a burden for the lost. And, and he could share it with the people that, that he led. So uh, he, he's seeking this, and, and the Lord gives him a dream. Uh, and it's, it's kind of a, you know, kind of a weird dream. Uh, and uh, he doesn't, doesn't really understand it. Uh, but in this dream, Bob Jones is in the dream. And uh, so, and I, I made ten copies of this so everybody can, uh, most of you can take one uh, <coughs> and read the whole thing later. Uh, but like a, a week after he has the dream, Paul Keith Davis comes to his church and, and the Lord tells Paul Keith to ask Joe if he had a dream. And, and Joe says, well, as a matter of fact, I, I did have this dream. And, and so he explains it to him, and, and Paul Keith says, well, that's interesting, because Bob Jones had that same dream. And, and so he checked on it, and Bob Jones had the same dream on the same day, at the same time. Uh, but instead of Bob Jones being in his own dream, the, the Lord Jesus was in Bob Jones' dream. And <clears throat> I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but uh, <clears throat> in Bob's dream, I'll, I'll read just this part that the Lord speaks to, to Bob. Uh, in Bob's experience, the Lord was standing next to him and explaining what the encounter meant. The Lord told Bob... The reason the projector was not running in this movie theater uh, is because it was made to run on 220 volts. But the church currently only has 110 volts. And the Lord said that 220 represents Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And the Lord went on to say, When the church walks in Galatians 2.20, I will turn on the power, and the church will have the power needed to stop people from going to hell. It will be the greatest show on earth. So he also talks about this uh, encounter that he had with the Lord where he sees entire cities 
coming to the Lord. Uh, and that's... I've, I've seen that and I've carried it for Cheyenne for a lot of years. And, you know, what I was saying a few weeks ago about Cheyenne not being transformed until some people actually enter into the full gospel, that's exactly what this dream is saying. Uh, but, that, but that when there are people who fully enter into the salvation that the Lord is offering and the life of Christ comes forth, we will see transformation. And, and I believe, I mean, what Terry Bennett has been saying is this, this is where we are in God's plan. He, he is in the process of, of bringing this forth right now. And, and so the Lord has, has put us in, in the place, the, the condition, the position that, that we are in to, to be part of that. And, and there's, there's nothing elite about it. It is just a return to the full gospel of the New Testament. Uh, because what what I wanted to share with you today is, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you a couple questions. Uh, if if I told you that in order to come to Christ, you had to renounce all of your possessions and and all that you are, uh, would you look at me and say, "Are you crazy?" Or what would you say? I, I think most people would would think I was a heretic if if I said if I said that in in a lot of churches. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So. So anyway, I I have a number of scriptures to share with you about just how clear Jesus is that this is necessary. Uh, that denying our own life, denying our own self-life is, is required. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not an option. And it's, it's not like he just said it once. He it's it's in most of the gospels twice so and uh-huh uh-huh yes and 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 this this is the thing uh is is we and, and Terry Bennett has has said this and and, and he's at least partially experienced it, that there, there is a place in God where nothing else matters. And that is the place that, that we are called to. Uh, to be disciples of Jesus. Uh, and all of us here, we, we want to be disciples of Jesus. We, we don't want to be believers. We want to be disciples of Jesus. Because 
The disciples of Jesus are the ones who are going to be the bride of Christ. Jesus, he had a, a human life on, on this planet. Still being fully God, he had a human life. And, and he denied himself to the extent of, of being murdered on that hideous cross. To, to the extent where he gave up his life. And, and what he continually tells those who would be his disciples in all of the Gospels is that this is what's required. I I'm, am about to do this. And, and if you're going to be mine, and he doesn't say this specifically, but this, this is what he's saying. If, if you want to be my bride, you will do this. You, you will deny yourself. You will take up your cross, and you will follow me. And, and that, that is what he says time after time after time in all of the Gospels. And what, what has happened is the church has redefined what that means because it's too extreme. And, and nobody will go along with that well that's that's why the church is so barren and and the answer to to the barrenness of, of the church is is a word that I received uh, a few years ago in in Puerto Rico as John chapter 12 where Jesus says truly I say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies it remains alone but if it dies it bears much fruit whoever loves his life loses it and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life if anyone serves me he must follow me and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. And, and that is the biblical explanation for the barrenness of the church. It's, it's because no one has died <laughs> all the way. We've most of us in here, we've, we've died a little bit. <laughs> uh, we, we have died some. But we've not gone through the whole process. Uh, we've, we've taken up our cross for, for a time, and, and, and we've crucified some things, and we set it down. And... and and then we pick it back up again and 
and a few more things. Uh, and, and, and that's okay. I, I mean, that's, that, that's kind of the way it is. Uh, but we, we've got to be committed to this process if we want to see the great harvest come forth. Because until... See, Jesus isn't coming back until there's a bride. And his bride's going to be made up of dead people. Only. If, if we're not dead, we're not going to be part of his bride. Because if we're not dead, there's something we're holding on to. And there's a, a couple lists in, in Paul's Gospels of people who... Here's a, if you're holding on to any of these things, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven, he says. Uh, <clears throat> and they're not meant to be exhaustive lists. <laughs> but they are lists of, of things of, of self, things, things of the flesh. And, and so, uh, <clears throat> I, I believe that, that we, we can, by faith, enter back into this process of, of dying and, and purposefully cooperate with the Lord because, you know, the church has made it too easy to be saved but because that's the only way they can get anybody saved. Because if, if there's nobody dead, there's nobody who really has the authority to bring people into the kingdom. That's what Jesus is saying in, in John chapter 12. If, if none of you will die, <laughs> then there's no harvest. Yeah, we we can't do it partially. That's that's the thing, and and the church has taught us not so much with doctrine, <laughs> but by observation. The church has taught us that partial commitment is okay, because that's all anybody really gives, anyway. right? We, we, we haven't seen anybody really with the operating in the life of Jesus. Because when we do, we'll know. And, you know, I, a while back, I think I told you, I started reading this book by Charles Finney. Uh, and I thought, whoa. Is this really what it looks like? Is because th this is extreme, <laughs> and and the answer is yes. Uh, this this is what it takes, and it is extreme. Uh, yes, because that's what we're after, and it it takes selling everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so what? What does? What? What exactly does Jesus say <laughs> about being a disciple? And that this is exactly what he says. Starting in in uh, Luke 14. Now great crowds accompanied him. It's Luke 14, starting in 25. And he turned and said to them. See, Jesus was great about this because he didn't like crowds. Because he, he knew if it was a huge crowd, 95% of them were, were this deep. <laughs> and, and he only wanted to deal with the ones who, who were serious. And so here, here he goes. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Okay, about half of them got up and walked away right, right then. Are you nuts? Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Okay, this is... Now, now he starts to, to tell us some, uh, <clears throat> some things to consider. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation for terms of peace. So, therefore, any one of you who does, who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. all that we have I mean <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm telling you I I have thought at various times in in the not too far distant past that I had done that I mean I actually had joy sign uh, a contract with the Lord with me some I don't know how many months back this was that, that we signed everything over to the Lord but it something in my heart it, it wasn't it wasn't quite for real yeah there and well so <clears throat> we have to renounce all uh, what does that mean okay Formerly declare one's abandonment of. Declaring that you will no longer engage in or support. Reject and stop using. In law, it means to refuse or resign a right or position, especially one as an heir or trustee. It means it's not mine anymore. That's what it means to renounce. 
and <clears throat> and I'm I'm beginning to understand what that looks like and <clears throat> because really what whatever we have we're we're just an administrator of it's not really mine it's my responsibility to look after it but it isn't really mine that's what that means because it's his he, he can do whatever he wants with it if it's been renounced and, and that's that's part of what it what it takes okay let's let's go on because there's 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 more Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 34. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Matthew 10. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. He's, he's calling us to a life of self-denial. What does it mean to deny self? Well, we know what it meant when Peter denied Jesus. I, I don't know the man. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I've never seen him before. I, that's the idea. <laughs> Self-denial. The denial of one's own interests and needs self-sacrifice selflessness unselfishness self-discipline asceticism self-deprivation abstinence abstention temperance that's what the Lord's calling us to okay I know you want some more Matthew 13. Oh, let's get that one for just, just now. <clears throat> Matthew 16. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Or what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? In Luke chapter 9. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, 
and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and the holy angels. You beginning to see a pattern here? <laughs> see, Jesus was never one to sell anything short. I mean, he, he gave it all to you right up front. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's pretty clear. If, if we want to be his disciple, we deny self. We take up our cross, which, which meant only one thing to all the people that he was talking to. Death. And, and the horrible death that, that Jesus went through. That, that's what the cross meant uh, in that time of Roman occupation. Uh, they, they had all seen plenty of it. Uh, and, and even to bring it up was, was a painful subject. Uh, because almost all had a friend or a relative who, who had gone through it. Many times... Uh, undeservedly. Un so, the, yes, yes, that that is that is it. Uh, by by faith, we we come to the Lord and say, we say, okay, okay. So that is the gospel. I, I still want you, Lord. <laughs> uh, and, and now back to Matthew 13. Because it's, it's the kingdom of heaven that he's calling us into. Because in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus is capital L, Lord. And capital K, King. And and what what he says happens, and he wants that on the earth, and, and that only happens in people who are dead to self and alive to him only. Because otherwise, there's compromise, there's delay, there's wondering. Is it, did I really hear? I'm not sure, so I'm not going to do it. We're all familiar with that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like Phil was saying, yes, we we enter this process by faith. We we say yes. Jesus, I guess this is the gospel because you're the one who said all this. <laughs>
And obviously it was important enough to the Holy Spirit that it got repeated <laughs> uh, how many times in, in the Gospels. And, and so, you know, I, I think we have more of a struggle with the problem of the Galatians than, than we ever realize. Because somehow we, we get to the point where we think, God, you're, you're really kind of lucky to have me on your team, aren't you? <laughs> and, and I'm so glad I'm not like those other people who disobey you in all things I, I only disobey you in these handful of things that I keep well hidden in my pocket uh, right? because that's the religious system that, that's what the Galatians were into uh Look at all these great things that I don't do. Don't mind those five or six things that I do, because they weren't really in the law anyway. <laughs> yes, he has. <laughs> Given us power and authority. So... You know, there's, there's, there's just, there's only one way forward, and it's absolute surrender. And it is the solution. Uh, we not only have the, the story from Bob Jones, uh, when uh, <coughs> Phyllis and Kim and I met with a, a couple regional intercessors uh, and what was that like two years ago I, I don't know one there's one word that that we got as, as we were leaving uh, that has so stuck with me uh, when the message is right signs and wonders will follow And it, it wasn't just when we're able to speak the right message. And I, I knew this from the moment I heard it. It was when we become the message. When we become the right message, signs and wonders will follow. And I, I have no doubt. So what, what has the church um, replaced the gospel that I just shared with you with? Or, or even, even the churches like us. Uh, I mean, charismatic Pentecostal churches that are pressing in well, it's and right and and it's and it's the person 
and it's the pursuit of, of gifts. <laughs> the, the pursuit of the gifts rather than the giver. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's like the, the church has, has begun to think, well, if I can just pray for people and they get healed, then I must be okay. Or if I can prophesy over people and it really touches them, then, then I must be okay. Well, what did Jesus say about that? Right? I never knew you. That, that there would be plenty of these people who healed people, who prophesied over people. I, well, didn't I do this in your name? I never knew you. I, right. Right. And... And, and that's, that's why we need more time in the presence of God. Because it, it's only perfect love that is going to cast out our fear of giving up everything. That's the, that's the only way. Is, is to be in God's presence more and more to the exclusion of all the other things our self-life would rather be doing uh, <clears throat> so that our, our spirit man begins to rise up to see our spirit man will, will do the right thing. <laughs> if our soul is just in subjection to it. Uh, and, and so that, that is part of the key, uh, to strengthen the spirit and weaken the soul, which goes, goes back to that self-denial business that weakens the soul and, and the flesh. Yeah. So the <clears throat> the thing about uh, this this death that that we are pursuing it it qualifies us to be the bride of Christ because he he will have a counterpart he, he will have a bride who is like him. Intimacy requires likeness. And, and he's, he's not going to have a bride that is not like him. And how does the bride make herself ready? By dying. that part of the Jewish wedding ritual that is basically baptism is a picture of that. Yeah. 
So uh, I'm encouraged <laughs> because I, I know we're on the right track now. I, I, I really feel like this, this was the, the piece of confirmation that I, I really needed. And, and like you're saying, Bob Jones is still prophesying even though he's dead. Uh, yes, yes, and, and and that's well, and and that's that's what we need to uh, to do to strengthen ourselves in this is is enter into that synergy of the ages. And as, as we're praying, make yourself a target for the prayers of, of all those who, who have been praying for the bride to come into fullness at the right time. Because even though it, it wasn't God's desire that the church would eventually become just like Israel, that's what's happened. Uh, he knew it would happen, <laughs> and and he had he had the solution that as as we approach the the end of days that that he would raise up a remnant who would grab hold of of the true and full gospel and go all the way with it and, and that is is what we are called to be part of we're, we're absolutely not the only part of this there's people like us all over the world who are having awakening right now and and saying yes to the Lord to to go all the way with him what whatever that means that, that we have to give up, that, that we miss out on, uh, whatever. Because there, there's a river that needs to come forth. And, and Jesus said, from, from our bellies, rivers of living water would come forth. And it's, it's Him. He's the river. When he fills us, he, the river, will will flow forth from our belly and and things amazing things will happen. Uh, read about Joe Sweet's uh, vision of, of a whole city coming to the Lord. Uh, because we need we need a picture, and, and, and that's a better picture than than anything uh, that I have right now. Uh, so th this is a, a, a commentary that that I had that I, I thought was was pretty dynamite on uh, that passage from Luke, uh, verse twenty-seven from uh, Luke 9. Indeed, he who is not willing to die the most hideous death by crucifixion 
for the sake of his love and loyalty to Christ, cannot be his disciple. The general idea that these words of Jesus about bearing the cross refer to passive submission to all kinds of afflictions, disappointment, pain, sickness, and grief that come upon man in this life is totally wrong. <laughs> but that's what most of the church thinks it means. The people to whom Jesus spoke these words fully realized that he meant thereby that whoever desires to follow him must be willing to hate his own life and even be crucified by the Roman authorities for the sake of his love for him. So in a wider sense, this pronouncement of Jesus means that only that person who for the sake of his service surrenders all self-seeking and abandons all striving after his own interests and be his disciple. So we know where we're going. <laughs> and it's, it's going to be amazing when we get there. And, and we, we need more time in the presence of the Lord. Like I said, to strengthen our spirit man. So our spirit man can come forth and, and take the place of preeminence that it was designed for. So uh, I, I think we ought to pray. <laughs> because we need exposure to that perfect love to remove the fear that's in us. I, I feel so good my conscience is clear. I have shared the whole gospel with you. No holds barred. This, 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 this is the way it is. Uh, and and this, this is what we're called to become uh, uh, a group of people in whom the actual fullness of the Holy Spirit, the life of Christ Jesus, comes forth. And, and it's open to everybody. And, and the thing is that when that kernel of wheat dies then there's going to be a harvest so <clears throat> you know the one other sense that I've had for the last three years or so is, is that the Lord wants us just to stop all the activities and you know that all the stuff, the outreaches and the servant evangelism and all that stuff that, that we were doing, uh, and just pull back and let him do something. And, and now I know what it is that he wants to do. <laughs> this, this is that. And 
when his life comes forth in us, believe me and have no doubt about this, more will be done for the kingdom in one day than if we had gone on an outreach every day <laughs> for the last three years. Uh, I, I have no doubt about that because it's, it's the river we want to see come forth not a trickle and all we have right now is a trickle <laughs> shall we pray So, Father in heaven, uh, we, we thank you for the clarity of your word. Uh, Jesus makes it really clear what, what is required. And it's way more than what we've been told. It's way more than we've believed or thought or even wanted to give. So, Father, right now, uh, I say yes. I encourage all of you to say yes. Holy Spirit, take us into this process. of dying to self. Take us into this process of renouncing all that we have and, and are. And Father, I, I ask you to release grace upon us. to go farther than we thought was necessary farther than we thought we could to go all the way so Father release grace upon us to love you with our whole heart soul, mind and strength to love other people. Help us. Holy Spirit, pull us through. For the glory of Jesus, that he may live. Thank you for choosing us. This 
is why you've had us on this journey. And we, we thank you for it and we trust you. And take us all the way. So uh, we <laughs> we we have Hope Church coming uh, Friday of this week to do an outreach at the, the Midway Friday night, and then probably at the parade on Saturday. So I'll have more details in, in the email this week uh, if, if you'd like to be part of that. Sunday, Mary and Rob Grindley will be with us from Botswana. So that, okay, so that will be fun too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 